for all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. There's none righteous, no, not one. But when we have our hearts and our minds and our focus on the Lordship of Jesus Christ and He's ruling and reigning not only from heaven, but He's ruling and reigning from our hearts, from our minds, will, and emotions, and He's in control of everything that we have anything to do with, then we can have confidence that uh, He'll never leave us, never forsake us, that we can trust Him in every activity, every deed that is going on in our lives. And I know there are a lot of, lot of things going on in, in this family. When I say this family, I'm talking about Lake St. John Baptist Church. We have a large family. Uh, not as large as First Baptist Natchez, <laughs> by far. But uh, larger than my personal blood family. And I am I'm thankful for every one of you. And I pray for you all the time. I know that you have things going on in your heart, your home, your family, and your life that is stressful. Stressful. Stress is a killer. I want you to know that. But God is a Savior. And that we can put our faith and trust in Him. If you have your Bibles, let's turn to Matthew chapter 6. We're going to be looking at verses 25 through 34. What I want to talk to you about this morning for the remainder of our time is the foolishness of worry. Worry. I know that it's natural for us to worry about things that are going on in our lives, in our bodies, in our families, in our homes, in our businesses. But even though it's, it's the natural lot of man to have the capacity to worry. Just because we have the capacity doesn't mean that we should abuse or even use that capacity. It's kind of like God created Adam and Eve and put them in the garden and gave them capacity to sin. Did He make them sin? No. But He gave them the capacity to sin, the opportunity to sin. He gave them free will. My friend, I believe I can do all things through Christ which strengthens me. I can overcome the tendency to worry. And I want to look at some things in these verses that will empower us and enable us when trials, tribulations, heartaches, suffering, and things in our lives that get heavy and burdensome, that God will give us an avenue that we can say, no, I, I, don't, I don't have to worry about this because I know whom I have believed. And I am persuaded that He is able to keep that which I've committed unto Him against that day. And now that day is the day of judgment. If I have anything to worry about, it's really the day of judgment. The day I stand before God and give an account of my life here. But the things that are going on in this life, in this world, as far as circumstantial things that take place in my life, God has given to me the power and the ability through the indwelling of the Holy Spirit to rise above that and to say no. To worry. Let's take a look at what the verses say beginning in verse 25 of chapter 26. Well, I'll tell you. Did I, did I say chapter 14? No, chapter 6. Matthew chapter 6. Verse 25. 
Matthew chapter 6. I'm sorry, my mistake. I'll, I'll not blame it on you, though I have a very strong urge to. <laughs> you said Matthew 26. Okay, Matthew 6, 25 through 34. But I'm going to back up one verse, make it a little more confusing, to 24. Just because I can't. Because I believe God wants me to. I looked at that verse and I can't leave it out. No man can serve two masters. Either he will hate the one and love the other, or else he will hold to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and stuff. God and mammon. God and money. God and materialism. Therefore I say unto you, don't take any thought. Now that's Mark's version. I rearranged those verses just a little. From take no thought for your life to don't take any thought concerning your life and what you shall eat or what you shall drink, nor yet for your body what you shall put on. For is not the life more than meat more and the body more than raiment? Behold the fowls of the air, for they sow not, neither do they reap, nor gather into barns. Yet your heavenly Father feedeth them. Are ye not much better than a flock of birds than they are? Which of you, by taking thought, can add one inch, one cubit to your stature, to your height? And why take ye thought for raiment? Consider the lilies of the field, how they grow, they toil not, Neither do they spin. They're not worried about how they're going to be clothed. And yet I say unto you that even Solomon in all of his glory was not arrayed, clothed like one of these. Wherefore, if God so clothed the grass of the field, which is today is and tomorrow is cast into the ovens or burn away by the fervent heat of the sun, shall he not much more clothe you, O ye of little faith? Therefore take no thought, saying, What shall we eat, or what shall we drink, or wherewithal shall we be clothed? Do, do you understand that that is where we spend most of our energy? That, that is where we spend most of our mind? You know, the, the Bible says that the heart of the matter is the matter of the heart. As a man thinketh in his heart, so is he, and out of the abundance of the heart the mouth speaketh. For out of the heart is the abundance of life. So, it's not... What you think you are, but what you think that counts. And it's not the things that we're talking about here that we're worried about, but lay up not for yourselves treasures in heaven where neither moth nor rust doth corrupt, where thieves do not break through nor steal, for where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. See, when we focus on the things of this earth, then we have really lost our vision of the important, going back to our text. Therefore, take no thought, verse 31, saying, Wherewithal shall we eat, or wherewithal shall we drink, or be clothed? For after all of these things do the Gentiles seek. For your heavenly Father knoweth that you have need of all of these things. And if we're focusing our heart and our mind 
and our wills and our determination, our wealth, everything that we have on gaining these things, but we're not putting God first in our lives. Verse 33 says, but seek ye first the kingdom of God, the glory of God, the will of God, the righteousness of God, and all of these things will be added unto you. So what I'm saying here this morning is that for us to worry about the materialistic things of the world is absolute folly and absolute foolishness. We're doing a study at night on the Proverbs, and, and the Proverbs is the book of wisdom. And wisdom, you understand, is knowledge, light, information gained. And when we gain knowledge and light and information, then we act on that no, uh, knowledge and light and information. And if we act positively, then we can say that it has become wisdom. In our lives. But if we take the knowledge and the light and the information that God has given us and act foolishly, then we're not wise, we're we're foolish. We're foolish. I want you to take a look at these verses and some of the things that they say, and we're going to try to gather up some of the Lord's arguments in these verses. Now Jesus is the one speaking here. So these are letters in red, if you have a red letter edition, King James Version Bible. So I believe all of the Bible from Genesis to Revelation is the Word of God. Black ink or red ink makes no difference. But when I run into red ink, for some reason I pay closer attention because I realize that these are words that Christ actually breathed out of His own mouth to our lives. How we should live. So Jesus is giving us an argument against what is so natural in our lives. Worry. Worry. And the first thing is this. Worry is needless. Needless. Worry is useless. And worry can be outright damaging. First, worry is needless. Needless for what? Well, needless for the past. Why? Because you can't change it. And if we're worrying in our hearts and our minds and everything that we are, we're chewing our family. I used to have a grandmother. She's passed. She was 100, almost 101 when she left this world. But she was the most worrisome person I've ever met in my life. She would literally be trembling, be shaking with worry over my mother that was not living the Christian life and now doing things that my grandmother wished that she wasn't doing. And she would be praying and she would be worrying over all of these things that, that were, were taking place in her life. I look back at those things now. And they're so far in the rearview mirror. I realize that there were things that were going on in my own life. Things that I wished I could go back and undo. I could worry about those things right now. Worrying about what I used to do. And what my children possibly could do. Because I know by experience. And I worry about things. But my friend, listen, worrying about things of yesterday, things that have already taken place, is absolutely worthless. They're valueless. They're not going to benefit you, not one iota. We are unable to do anything about those things 
other than turn them over to God and confess and repent for our sins and our failures in the past and get up and continue to strive to live a life that brings glory and honor to God. We'll equally worry about the future. We look back and we worry about things that have, have taken place in the past and, and uh, we, we can't do anything about them. So, so well, we're going to stop that and we're going to focus on the future and worry about tomorrow. You do realize that I can't do anything really about tomorrow any more than I can about yesterday. Just as yesterday is gone, so tomorrow is not here yet. And I don't know that I'm going to have a tomorrow. You see, God has given us that ability. Remember what I said at the outset of this thing. That God has instilled in us by the power of the Holy Spirit to bring under into subjection some things in our lives. You know, I can, how do you bring every thought? The Bible says bringing every thought into submission or into subjection to the Lordship of Jesus Christ. So God has given me the power over my, my brain where I don't even have a wicked thought. No, that's not true. Uh, I know that thoughts pop into my mind. Should I just worry myself to death about the thoughts that are going to pop up in my mind? No. I don't know what's going to happen tomorrow. But I know this. I can deal with today. What is going on in my life right now. And when bad thoughts pop up, now I have the power of the Holy Spirit to immediately bring those thoughts into subjection to the Lordship of Jesus Christ. And if I will do that, not only by the power of the Holy Spirit living on the inside of me, bring my thoughts into subjection. You can only bring a thought into subjection after you've had the thought, by the way. So when you have the thought, immediately bring it to Him. And then there is no judgment from God. There is no condemnation from God in my life, even for the things that were in my mind, because I confessed, repented, and asked forgiveness from God. Now, I can't worry about the past. That's needless. Worrying about tomorrow is useless. There's a man named Alistair McLean. In one of his sermons, he tells a story about a London doctor that was paralyzed and bedridden, but was always so that everyone forgot to, to be sorry for him. One day one of his boys was leaving his home and started out on his life's adventure and doctor uh, gave him good advice. He says, Johnny, hold your own end up and do it like a gentleman. And please remember the biggest troubles that you'll face are those that never come. My friend, sometimes we worry about stuff that never materializes, never takes place in our lives. And we actually get sick over that worry. Now, I'm not going to get into that because I want to touch on that later on. But uh, worry is needless. Worry about the future is useless. But worry is worse than useless and needless. Oftentimes, it's actually damaging. And that's what I was alluding to. I said at the outset again, stress is a killer. You see, I can't worry about tomorrow. I can't, I can't change it. I can't worry about uh, yesterday. I can't, change. I can't worry about tomorrow because it's not here yet. But boy, I'm so torn up about worry today that I am literally wasting away my life. 
with bleeding ulcers, heart attacks, things things that go on in our bodies that could easily be avoided if we could learn how to bring stress and worry into subjection to the Lordship of Jesus Christ. That worry is unhealthy. It's a thrombosis. Have you ever heard of that word? Coronary thrombosis. I always heard of it as blood clots. You know, you have blood clots due to injury, that's one thing. But when you just have blood clots due to stress in your life, because you're worrying about things and all of a sudden those blood clots start forming and they run into your heart and they cause heart attacks and things that would not have taken place had we just been able to trust the Lord. To take our minds off of the cares, off of the work. You, you worry about what you're going to eat. You worry about what you're going to wear. You worry about where, where you're going to work and all of those things, your finances. And, and if we could just take our mind off of those things and realize that I'm not in control of that. Ultimately, what's going to be? Okay, sarah, sarah, whatever shall be, shall be. Doris Day, 1964. Is that right? Somewhere in there. Worry. Is needless, useless, and damaging. Worry is blind. Who worry refuses to learn the lessons of the past. Now I was talking about the past a while ago. I can't worry about the past, but I can learn from the past. I can look back at what God has done in my life in situations similar to the one that I'm in now. And if God saw me through it then, then how come I don't believe that God will see me through it today? Well, because today, today's a new day. It's fresh manna. It's fresh everything. And just because God did something yesterday doesn't mean that He's going to do it today or tomorrow. But if I trust Him with it the way that I did in the past, then I have no reason in me to believe that He will not take care of me the way that He took care of me in the past. Is that right? That's, that's good theology. Just to trust in God because I know who He is. I know, what did I quote a while ago in the prayer? For I know whom I have believed and am persuaded that He is able to keep that which I have committed unto Him against that day. What day? Whatever day the troubles and perils of my life show up on my stoop, on my doorstep. I'm not only talking about the coming of the Lord one day that I stand before the judgment seat of Christ and give an account of my life, but even today in this life when the devil and the world and the flesh hurl things against me and I remember going through those things tomorrow and I stood strong and I trusted Christ and He saw me through it and now they've come knocking on my door again and they will. Just because God saw you through it once doesn't mean He will not allow it to show up in your life again. My friend, if we are just as faithful to God tomorrow as we were yesterday, no matter what shows up tomorrow, we can trust God with our lives. The man who feeds his heart and his mind and his soul on the remembrance of what God has done in the past has nothing to worry about in the future. I know Him. He knows me, and He's not going to allow anything. The Bible says that with every trial, every temptation, God will give us a way of escape. Escape. Do you believe that? 
Well, then what are you worried about? Why do we stress? Why do we struggle? Why do we worry about the things that are going on in our homes, in our families, in our loved ones, in our businesses, in our lives? Worry is needless. Worry is useless. Worry is actually damaging to your health. And worry is blind. The lesson of life is that worry ultimately is unnecessary. I don't need it, nor do I want it. Worry is essentially irreligious. Did you hear what I said? Worry is the opposite of faithfulness. If I am religious, that means I have put my confidence and my faith and my trust as a Christian in Christ. But if I'm worrying, then that says that I'm not really trusting Christ. I'm trusting the flesh. Trusting the flesh. I remember David going out. I mentioned this the other day. David going out and numbering his army. He was worried. He thought it would be a wise thing for him to know what his military might was in case, you know, some of these other nations around him attacked him and he wanted to know what kind of power he had. So he numbered his army, he numbered his chariots, he numbered his fighting men, he numbered uh, all of the things for battle that he had. You know what happened? God was angry. God was wroth at him over that. Why would God get mad at him for, you know, just checking out his military power? Because we don't trust in our military power. Well, we do in America, don't we? Hmm. Maybe we shouldn't. Maybe we as a nation should go back to trusting in God, not worrying about the things of the flesh of the world. Maybe we as individuals, we as a church, should do the same things. Worry and serenity come from the same place. How is that? Well, two people have the same problem. Oh yeah, I remember two of them. Adam and Eve and their sons, Cain and Abel. One of them was accepted of God. One of them was rejected by God. Why? Because one of them trusted what God said. The other one rejected what God said. Two guys have the same problem in their life. One of them had peace and serenity and and calm in his heart and his mind. The other one is worried, sick, and and dying over it. And you it's the circumstances that brought both of those things into their life. Why is it that one of them thrives in the midst of the same thing that another one is is literally dying under the pressure and weight of faith? It's a simple thing called. Faith. We trust the Lord with all of our hearts, all of our souls, all of our might. Again, Alistair McLean quotes from a story from Toller, uh, the German mystic, by the way. And he says this, one day Toller met a beggar and, and the beggar said, God, God, or he told the beggar, God give you a good day, my friend. And the beggar answered and said, I thank God I never had a bad one. Taller said, God give you a happy life, my friend. And the beggar says, I thank God I'm never unhappy. 
Toller was amazed and said, What do you mean? Well, the beggar said, When it's fine, I thank God. When it rains, I thank God. When I have plenty, I thank God. When I'm hungry, I thank God. And since God will, God's will is my will, whatever pleases Him pleases me. Why should I say I'm unhappy when I'm not? Toller looked at the man in astonishment and said, Who, who are you? And the beggar said, I'm a king. Toller said, Really? Where's your kingdom? He said, In my heart. Do you understand that when we have peace in our hearts that passes all understanding, the peace of God, that passeth all understanding. You want peace with God or of God? The peace of God is what we're after. But may I say, you can never have the peace of God in your heart until you first you have peace with God. You've got to come to a point in your life that you lay down your weapons of warfare. And you confess and you repent and turn away from sin and put God first and start depending and trusting on Him in your life rather than the flesh, rather than the things of the world, knowing that these things are going to dissolve. They're going to go up in a fiery furnace. God said He's not going to drown us like a bowl of rats again, but He's going to destroy this world by fire the next time. And everything that we have anything attachment to in this life, going to go up in a puff of smoke unless we die first and then it'll belong to somebody else let go of what you got trust Christ hold on to him with all of your heart all of your soul all of your might and he'll give you better than what you're holding on to now he'll give you not only peace with God but the peace of God in your hearts and in your lives. Isaiah said it long ago in Isaiah 26.3. He said, Thou will keep Him in not partial peace, but Thou will keep Him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on Thee. Do you have your mind stayed on God? 100% peace, that's what you're after? The 100% peace of God in your life, in your home, in your family? I want peace, God. Then you have to have 100% abiding in Christ. Thou will keep Him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed 100% perfectly on Thee. Well, that's impossible. Is it? I can do all things through Christ which strengtheneth me. Do I believe God or do I believe me. I trust in Him. There may be greater sins than worry, but certainly I can't think of one that's more crippling. It absolutely cripples us to the point that we freeze and can't act the way that we should. Take no anxious thought for the morrow, the Bible says. Worry not for tomorrow. But let tomorrow worry for itself. For today, today, we have plenty to be worried about in this life today without worrying about tomorrow. That's the commandment of Jesus Christ. And it's the way not only to peace, 
but also to power in your life. Let's pray. Father, we love you. We thank you for your love and your mercy. We thank you for the opportunities that you've given us here in this life, God, to live a life that brings glory and honor to you. Lord, we, we struggle and strive against the flesh. We fight and battle against the enemies of Christ, the world, the devil, and, and uh, the ilk of this godless system that we're living in. We realize, Lord, that our only hope is you. God, if we ever have peace in the midst of a troubled world, then God, our world is so, so very troubled. We turn on the TV and we see wars and rumors of wars and brave men and women around the world being attacked by drones and losing their lives and and, uh, bombings going on in other, other countries by our military and God, right here in this world, police officers being being bit, beat up and, and assaulted by, by illegal immigrants that are, are breaking through and flooding our borders. And, and we worry about so many things, but God, we, we realize we have no right. We have no right to worry. You're on your throne in heaven. You're on your throne in our hearts. God, to worry is to dethrone you. To worry is to place our anxieties in your place. Forgive us, strengthen us, help us, God, to be submissive to your will and to trust that you're in control. No matter what's taking place on this earth, God, you are in control. And we trust you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. And I ask you to take a hymn book and stand and turn to page 